Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 41. Uh, my name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for being here today with me. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy with this wonderful plant uh, that we have at our disposal called cannabis. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. If you're uh, listening, uh, we really appreciate it. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, uh, you may be watching on uh, YouTube or the WeedTube or uh, a stream on our uh, social media outlets. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. You can find full episodes at uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast website, uh, which is, of course, Cannabis101podcast.ca. Uh, here is what's coming down the pipe for episode 41. Tyler Smith is the creator of The Dope Show. It's, uh, it's very cool. Um, it hopefully is uh, coming to uh, Edmonton soon, depending on what goes on with uh, the world around us. So we're going to find out with Tyler, uh, who's in Seattle, uh, what's going on with that uh this week in cannabis news brings us david wiley from the oz we're going to talk about uh, cannabis the cannabis industry being included uh hopefully in the uh federal government funding and what else is going on in the world of cannabis from retail stores to uh, lps giving back and helping out the medical profession and uh our uh, what's that strain episode today features chris ianson of course of nova cannabis uh, the Jasper Ave location, we are doing Island Honey from Pure Sun Farms on What's That Strain. Also, our cannabis question could get you a PAX era, courtesy of our friends at Plant Life. I'll tell you about that in just a second, but I've been telling you about the Cannabis and Hemp Expo uh, for a little bit. Uh, well, it has been rescheduled. Happy to tell you that the Cannabis 101 podcast will be on location October 3rd and 4th at the Edmonton Expo Center. This was supposed to happen in April. It has now been pushed until October because of obvious reasons. You can find out more at CannabisHempExpo.com. And we will, uh, probably as we get closer to the date, have some tickets to give away for this one. Because we're going to be there. We're going to have our booth set up. You can come by. You can be a part of the giant podcast that we're going to be recording while we are there. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun at the Edmonton Expo Center, October 3rd and 4th. At, uh, and the website, again, is uh, www.cannabishempexpo.com. So you can get your tickets and more information there. All right. I've talked long enough before we got our groove on. So without further ado, I want to find out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? 
pipe in a crate, bong in a blint. This is great. This is the bee's knees. All right, when I say what's your groove, I want to know what you're grooving to if you are uh, while listening to this program. Uh, and when I say groove, what are you smoking? What are you eating? Um, what are you going with? Uh, that's what I want to know. I want to know what your groove is if you are indeed. Maybe it's a nice CBD to calm you down. Maybe it's an edible. Maybe you've taken some capsules. You rolled a doobie. I don't know. Whatever it is, I want to know what your groove is. And I am going with uh, Riff uh, Sweet Jersey uh, 3. Um, it's very cool. Otherwise known as uh, Jean-Guy. And the story behind Jean-Guy, as I've been told it, is pretty awesome. Um, that uh, a stranger dropped off some seeds at a uh, compassion clinic and it turned into this wonderful strain that we have right now and they didn't know who it was so they just named it jean guy which is i guess maybe the john smith or whatever of uh of english or french rather uh so anyway whatever thanks to that compassionate individual uh has given this beautiful beautiful strain and uh, this is riff's version uh sweet jersey three uh picked this up at plant life i'll tell you more about uh our good friends at Plant Life uh, in a second. So uh, without uh, further ado, uh, please allow me to get my groove on with a little Sweet Jersey 3, otherwise known as Jean-Guy. I'm going with uh, Stanley, uh, my bong today, if you're watching. So beautiful. The freeze pipe bong uh, that I'm going with, and I'll tell you uh, why I called it uh, Stanley in just one second. Now, that kind of grabbed me uh, by the boo boo there, didn't it? As uh, Chommy Chommy Tommy Chong so elegantly put it in uh, Up in Smoke. All right. Uh, I want to also tell you about Lobo Genetics. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will know that Cannabis 101 podcast listeners can get 50% off a DNA kit from Lobo Genetics with the promo code CANNABIS101. Go to lobogene.com, enter the promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, and get 50% off your DNA kit. Now, why do you want a DNA kit? Uh, because it will tell you how you metabolize THC. If you are at any risk for negative mental health effects from THC, unfortunately, some people are. Uh, if you are at uh, any kind of a risk for memory loss from THC. So metabolism, mental health, memory, these things are covered uh, in the THC test at Lobo Genetics. You can also do a CBD genetic test how you metabolize. Uh, there's a ton of information about uh, CBT metabolism on the website, lobogene.com. So you can find out all that information. And then the really, really cool part 
is you get to your dashboard, your very own dashboard at the website, and they have curated products based on your unique profile. Uh, you uh, wanna be in a happy mood, you need some energy, you wanna be focused, um, there's specific strains for that. Be sleepy, pain relief, if you wanna just calm down, it will detail and tailor make the cannabis uh, strain that you need and, and it'll give you a bunch of choices as well. And they're working on a few new things, so it's only gonna get bigger and better. For me, I always say it's kind of like having my own personal bud tender uh, because I get specific strains that are tailor-made and recommended for me based on my own profile, how I metabolize THC and what risks I am at. So check it out, lobogene.com. Use the promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, and you can get 50% off your DNA kit. All right, we'll get into the cannabis question in just a second. That's where you can win a brand new PAX Era. They're really cool. Can't wait to tell you a little bit about that. Until then, here's the weed song from the artist, My Dead Dog. <laughs> Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right. There we go. Get the uh, mic back on. Absolutely love that. Uh, great. Uh, Little Diddy from the artist My Dead Dog uh, writes those uh, specially for uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast. So we really appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to upload those songs to uh, YouTube and the WeedTube, uh, and then uh, you can enjoy them whenever you want as well. All right. Uh, it is time now for the Cannabis question as we get going on the main part of the show. And uh, for this one, I want to know what do you name your accessory if you do um i name everything in my life cars plants and cannabis accessories uh if you're watching you can see this uh freeze pipe in the shot or freeze bong rather uh, this is called stanley because a friend of mine said at one point he wanted to have a hit out of my uh, stanley cup bong uh, and so I'm like, all right, well, that's going to be called uh, Stanley. My uh, my hexagon, I call the uh, Hexasaurus Rex. Um, my uh, from Burnt Designs, I have a Cheech and Chong Church Warden's pipe, uh, which is the long one. It's called Gandalf because that's the one that uh, that Gandalf uh, would smoke. So I I name everything. I have a whole bunch of things. Um, so I want to know what do you name your accessories if you do. Um, you can win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack this week, courtesy of Plant Life. They have, uh, were kind enough uh, to give us a 
PAX era to give away. There it is up on the screen right now. These pods are so cool. You can use them with your Android phone uh, if you want to. And uh, they are, they're really awesome. Uh, you just drop the pods in. There's a lot of LPs that have signed up. Um, and you're going to love when you open up. I'm not going to open up the box right now. We will mail this to you, by the way, uh, if you are the winner. So you just have to uh, simply chime in on the cannabis question on Twitter. You can reply to us at Cannabis 101 Podcast. Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast, Facebook, the Cannabis 101 Podcast, and you can get us uh, also uh, through email. If you would like to stay anonymous but still win this prize package, email us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find everything that you need at www.Cannabis101Podcast.ca. So there's the PAX era. And uh, I, I hope uh, I'm not butchering that too badly. If you want to win it, just chime in at uh, any of the uh, social media feeds or our email and tell me what you name your cannabis accessories. Uh, actually, I have some uh, good responses uh, on uh, Twitter that came into this. And uh, we always appreciate uh, when people uh, have a little back and forth with us on this. Uh, so... This is from Justin Cardinal. Uh, Pizza guy Justin used to call into my uh, radio show all the time, text in. Uh, I call mine LeBong James. Very nice. Everything is wrestling says, I once had an orange and blue bong that I nicknamed Bong Stoffer. Uh, named after Bob Stoffer, the uh, color coordinator, uh, color, uh, color uh, presentation man. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers broadcast, also does a very popular radio show. Uh, Nick Baker says, uh, named, named my Dynavape Ruby because she's a gem. Love it. Kylie uh, says, my son's name is Stanley. I don't name my accessories, but I will now. I like it. So we got somebody into the game. Uh, Hart Steinfeld says, uh, my last glass piece was Bong Newhart. But then again, all my new pieces are bongs that are new to heart. Ah, ah, bravo. I like that. And uh, Mark Drebert, uh says bong Marley. And he's got a bong with uh, a bunch of different hoses, and they totally look like dreads. It's Rastafarian. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, it's uh, very cool stuff. You can... Uh, Get in touch with us uh, once again at uh, the Cannabis 101 Podcast on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 Podcast on Instagram, the Cannabis 101 Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us and tell us uh, what you name your accessory at uh, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, finally, what goes well with cannabis in this opening segment? That is anything that you pair well with cannabis. Anything that you pair well with cannabis. Let us know what you think. For me, walks alone, which is pretty fitting uh, for where we are right now. So let me know what you pair well with cannabis. And really, pretty much anything uh, pairs well with cannabis. But walking alone. 
which is uh, what a lot of people are unfortunately doing right now. But we are doing our part, hopefully staying home and uh, flattening the curve. All right. When we return, Tyler Smith, the uh, founder, creator, host of The Dope Show, a comic show that tours across North America with a cannabis theme big time. That conversation just on the other side of this. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very pleased to have on the program uh, via Skype today, uh, the uh, man behind The Dope Show, Tyler Smith, is joining us on the program uh, from Seattle. Tyler, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, uh, you, like us up here in uh, north of the 49th parallel, are uh, all stuck inside uh, doing our part to try and get through this. Uh, uh, you guys, are, I understand, are on lockdown. Yeah, we're in lockdown right now. Only... Uh Essential stores are open right now, meaning grocery stores, gas stations, pharmacies, and weed stores. <laughs> well, that's good that they are uh, being counted on as a uh, necessity as we uh, as we go through this. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Tyler about. Uh, before we get into the the dope show concept, uh, just your background. Uh, you're a comedian and you're uh, a fan of cannabis, and and those two things uh, came together. How long have you been uh, doing stand up comedy for? Uh, I've been doing stand up for about ten years now, um, going on my eleventh uh, this September. Um, but yeah, I've been doing comedy for a long time, and um, I was uh, when I started out, I had no money, so I would just bake weed brownies and I would sell them at the open mics so I would end up making money from just going to open mics which was great because <laughs> anything helped anything else right right um from that I just kind of got a reputation for being the weed guy and I had like a lot of weed humor because I was kind of really uh in the industry I worked in the medical marijuana uh back here in like uh, uh 2006 um, and then, um, uh, just did comedy, sold weed brownies and then, uh, yeah, ended up starting the show about 10 years later or six years later. Um, but how I got into that was, uh, so I used to sell a lot of weed and I got arrested for it because <laughs> you're not allowed to do that here. Um, <laughs> just without a permit, I got, a, I got a big slap on the wrist for operating without license when they told me that I had to legitimize my business so I decided to uh, just run with the concept of um, the dope show which was uh, I did it a few times and made a few bucks and I was like this is something that could actually work um, on a large scale level across like multiple cities and states if I like really put some effort into it um, and that's what we did so uh, the concept of the show is simple it's just comedy show that um where comedians perform and then they go get really baked they smoke a lot of weed and then they attempt to perform another set and we say attempt because it's not gonna go well <laughs> usually sometimes it's a train wreck sometimes you don't even know it's just seamless but 
we've had a lot of mistakes in the show. Um, you never know what you're going to get with the show. So that, that's a, an interesting concept. And, and we should uh, let everybody know that you will be in Edmonton. Uh, you, you have been, uh, I think, before. But uh, when are you uh, coming back to Edmonton uh, so people can look at, uh, at getting their so tickets? We're scheduled for uh, April 19th at the uh, comic strip in the West Edmonton Mall. Um, right now, we're kind of, we haven't talked about moving the date because of the whole coronavirus, but uh, right now, that's what we're scheduled for. Well, hopefully those shows uh, will be able to go on and we can get back of uh, some sort of uh, normalcy uh, with yeah. our lives. Um, but uh, so the think back to the very first dope show. Um, were you pretty nervous about what might happen that night? Um, so I was very nervous about anybody coming to the show. <laughs> that was like the more nerve wracking part and the most nerve wracking part about putting on shows, just getting people out. Um, and, uh, I remember like we had, um, a Wednesday at this, uh, divey little club in downtown Seattle. And, um, it went pretty seamless. It was actually a really good show. And, um, I don't think we had any, uh, disasters that night. Um, but we were we were a little bit more liberal with what we were allowed to do because we weren't on the radar back then. Ah. So, like just hand joints out to the crowd, <laughs> just like throw them off stage like we're a bunch of Snoop Dogg people. <laughs> and, uh, then we got cracked down by the liquor control board. They're like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, and we used to we used to have an intermission, so. Everyone could go outside and smoke weed and then come back in. Mm -hmm. But we can't do that because when you have a large crowd of people, if everybody leaves the building, not everybody will come back. It's just kind of uh, people can be shitty sometimes. Right, yeah. Like, um, and I remember the first time we did the show, we had the whole audience. Uh, it was probably like 70, 80 people come out. Um, and this place could only hold a hundred people. So this was like a pretty jam packed show. Um, and, uh, we did the intermission. We all went outside to go smoke weed and the servers had no idea what was going on. They just came back outside and they're like, where the fuck is everybody? <laughs> and like just thought that the whole room had walked out on their tabs. So luckily everybody came back, but, uh, it just makes the venues nervous to have everybody leave and come back in. <laughs> so. If you come to our shows, you got to come prepared. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. Um, now, uh, you've also had some comedians uh, that did their first set, got high, and also didn't come back in the past, which is, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's like terribly nerve-wracking at the time. Um, and then the more you do this, the more you adapt, and it becomes a funny story, but probably not funny on that night and those occasions in the early going. <laughs> in the moment it's terrifying for me like because i i'm like trying to produce a show and i try and make it as professional as possible even though we are just a bunch of like you know bohemians getting wasted <laughs> we're just we try and make it a professional appearance but uh there's been three separate occasions <laughs> where a comedian has smoked a bunch of weed and then just not made it back 
for uh, three different reasons. One, uh, so one of my favorites was this Hans Kim. We were in Portland doing the dope show. He thought he had enough time to go to the store and buy donuts and come back <laughs> to like, see the donut store. So he just went and came back with donuts. By the time he got back, the show had been done. <laughs> and we are just like, what? What were you thinking? So, um, and then there was another time. Uh, so we had a guy. Uh, what's his name? Dana Carvey. A uh, pretty famous comedian. Yeah. From SNL. He has a son. And his son is trying to become a comedian. And his son linked up with Dana's opener that he goes on the road with. And, like, his opener... Uh, is one of my headliners, and she brought him, uh, brought Dana Carvey's kid. Um, so, and this kid said he wanted to do it. He wanted to be part of it. He wanted to try and be a comedian. So we're like, have at it. Um, but you understand the premise. You got to smoke weed and then come back. He's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And um, so he goes up. He does this time, and he gets off stage, and he's like really nervous because it didn't like go so well. Um, I'm like, well, don't worry, man. We're all just here to have fun. Smoke a little weed, and we'll get you back up there. You'll have a great time. And uh, and he, like, starts smoking weed. Like, he takes one hit, and he, like, coughs real hard. And then he just, like, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you've smoked weed before? He goes, no, this is my first time smoking weed. I'm what? Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, maybe, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right, don't worry about it. This is just uh, bumps in the road, so we're going to go back up there, aren't you? And then he just starts breathing super hard and, like, sweating profusely. And he's like, I can't, I can't. I can't. And then he ran away. Not like he took off. He ran away from me. Whoa. Door, and I, I chased him for, like, a block to try and, like, calm him down. Yeah. But I had to get back on stage, so I was just like, ah, fuck it. So... He just pitter patter to the distance, and uh, he had sense. So we lost him that night. <laughs> wow, uh, uh, what a time to smoke weed for the first time when you're expected to go back on stage. Yeah, I I wouldn't have recommended it, but yeah. it was kind of cool that he popped his cherry on the show. So, um, but he had sense come back. I think two years later he came back and did the show again. <laughs> and I and imagine that would be a good bit in his set talking about the first time he did the the dope show. Like I think that would be a hilarious way to tell a few jokes. It was a very redeeming moment for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I got a picture on the website. It's a pretty good one. Awesome. What is the website, by the way? Uh, the website is who smokes all right, www.whosmokesweed.me? Dot me. All yeah. right, we will definitely check it out. So how do you find the sets go? Um, you know, are there, there, I'd imagine there's a lot of comedians out there that, you know, like yourself, have uh, experience with cannabis. Does everybody change a little bit? Uh, and some, I'd imagine, more than others? Some, yeah, some... So just like I explained, some people will run away. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like, uh, it's a balance. So the way I book this show is I always make sure there's at least two comedians that don't smoke weed normally. And then maybe one or two that do smoke weed normally. Mm -hmm. 
And just because the people that don't smoke weed, you never know what's going to happen when they try or when they're on stage. Like people will smoke weed um, or like they say they smoke weed, but then they've never done public speaking on marijuana. Right, which, yeah. Like you already get a little level of anxiety, a uh, level of anxiety when you're on you're stoned and they throw you on stage. It just escalates it. And then you have this mind racing of part of the cannabis that you're just like, I can't remember what I was going to say. And then, <laughs> so we try and keep a balance just in case the show goes completely off the rails. We have people that are veterans can handle their weight. <laughs> um, are there uh, some comedians out there that uh, are like, you know what, that would be too much for me. There's no way I can handle it and are scared off by the concept. And on the flip side, there's probably people that are like, get me on stage. I can't wait to do that. But just like there's there's all different peoples. There's probably different kinds of comedians. Yeah. Uh, the weed comics, anybody who's a weed comic. I mean, everybody who does comedy and has really long hair <laughs> always <laughs> wants to be on the set. Um, and everybody uh, who does, I've had a lot of people reject just because they're like, I'm not smoking weed. I'm going on stage. Like, no. <laughs> We've had a few people come around. Like, the show wasn't as popular back in the day. Like, I started it around five years ago. Um, so now that it has more popularity and the show is packed out, like, uh, last month at our home club, we had 315 people on the show. Wow. Uh, which is pretty much capacity for that club. Um, and we've had, uh, the biggest show we've ever had, we had a turnout of 800 people. Um, so it's, it can get some big crowds that starts to attract bigger stars and they're like, all right, let's just give it a go and see how this goes. Um, one of the examples is, uh, uh, uh Brad Upton. He's, like a, he's an older comedian who I think he's like a high school teacher too. So he was like, I can't, I can't be doing this. I teach high school, <laughs> but uh, I think most of the, the, the skepticism or um, uh, 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 ill views of marijuana have been kind of like swept aside. Mm -hmm. So he's more into it now. <laughs> um, how about on uh, the, the legal side? You, you mentioned when you guys first started, you were throwing joints off of uh, the stage. Uh, here in Canada, thankfully, uh, we are legal uh, countrywide, so you don't have any issues uh, when right. you come here and uh, consume cannabis, uh, do you have to stick to states that are legalized? And, and what legal obstacles do you face? So, yeah, we do have to stick to states that have at least uh, medical marijuana legalized. Um, we've done one show outside of uh, um, a legal state. We did Arizona, which is a medical marijuana state. So everybody on the show had to have a medical marijuana card. Okay. Um, luckily, those are pretty easy to get in California. So I just, I pretty much paid everybody to get their medical marijuana cards and <laughs> had them drive over to Arizona. Um, but that was like one loophole. But up here in Washington, we have uh, the Liquor Control Board controls cannabis as well. So it's the Liquor and Cannabis Control Board. So we do have laws about consuming marijuana in bars mm -hmm. and about serving alcohol that consumed marijuana which is a big reason why we don't have the intermission anymore is because if people smoke weed then you can't sell them drinks anymore so it's like once you're in you're in <laughs> unprepared uh it, or you're not gonna be able to have a drink <laughs> so 
Well, and that's the same thing in here in Alberta, uh, in, in our province, uh, the, uh, the Alberta, uh, liquor gaming board, uh, the AGLC, um, they control liquor and cannabis as well. So, so they make the rules as well. So how do you handle it for your comedians then that have to get high and come back? Do you guys all leave as a group and have big joint circle outside in the, in, in, in the between, or how does that work? So it depends on where we are. Um, some of our shows have uh, wonderful sponsors, and some of those sponsors are these party buses. So they're like giant uh, like limousines or whatever that people can go on and smoke weed on. Uh, they're technically still domiciles. Right. <laughs> so uh, we have that loophole. It's like a, a, a vehicle with the driver sectioned off. Um, so we, we can do that where we have people just go on the bus, but for the most part, uh, we have people just go out, go smoke in the parking lot and come back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I really can't wait, uh, to get out to this show. So obviously, uh, have you had to cancel some shows because of what's going on right now? Have you had to, and, and you're hoping that you don't have to cancel the Edmonton one, but have you missed right. a few shows because of this? Um, yeah, I've had to cancel about 13 shows, uh, but we were, I would say we rescheduled them. We just rescheduled everything to like June or July is kind of what we're pushing things out to. Um, at least everything that got canceled in March and the first part of April is getting pushed to June, July. Anybody that bought tickets, their tickets automatically for those dates as well. Okay. Um, and then if they want a refund, we can totally refund. I can't speak for uh, all the venues because some of the other venues handle the ticket pricing, right? And then I do the show. So, uh, but it's kind of been the general rule: is that we're honoring the tickets, just pushing it out, and we're hoping people don't want refunds because I'm like hemorrhaging money, right? <laughs> so. Oh, I can I can imagine uh, this is a, such a tough time uh, when it comes to the the specific humor of the comics. Uh, do they tend to uh, lean towards uh, like marijuana, weed kind of humor, or is it uh, you know not specifically weed humor? It's not specifically weed humor. Uh, almost everybody that's on the show has their take on marijuana, so everybody's going to talk about it. Uh, I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> at the joke show, everybody wants to hear you talk about it. So uh, um, each performer will usually say a few things in the beginning about their set, about kind of how they – uh, deal with marijuana, their experience with marijuana, and then just kind of go into their set. Um, and most, if they do that, it's mostly like people are like, man, I can't wait to get high because I've been sober all day for you guys. Yeah. Or it's, I am terrified about what's going to happen. <laughs> and a lot of comedians, like, they get nervous because they don't want audience members to think of them in that aspect. So they're like, please remember me from this 10 minutes. <laughs> Don't take the second part home, you know? <laughs> well, it's it's so funny because, I mean, like, the the guy that's saying, I can't wait to get high because I've been sober for you all day, um, I think his set is, is not going to be drastically different with his altered state because he's experienced, but... I would, I, I think it would be like a, almost like a fun car crash watching somebody who doesn't have experience with cannabis try to do stand-up comedy. For sure. And I agree with you. So I I try and make it so that the people who are veterans are 
completely pissed out of their minds as well. If somebody comes on my show and they're like, dude, I do this all the time, like I'm not, I'm not stressing, then we're going to give them, like we have uh, infused points down here, so we just give them something that's really potent, and we're like, all right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we've had a few veterans been like, all right, this is a little too much for me. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Is there, um, is there a comedian that you would love to get on your show? Is there one guy or girl that, uh, or maybe a couple, if there's, if there's a few that you would just absolutely love to have on your show that you think would be really, really funny in this, uh, in this aspect? I don't I would love to have like some of my favorite comedians. Like, I'm a big fan of the um, Sober October crew. Yeah. Uh, so like Tom Segura, I think would be great because he doesn't normally smoke weed, and he, when he talks about it, he says I only do like 10 milligram edibles. And I'm okay. like, that's such a baby <laughs> formula edible, <laughs> like a 10 milligram. Oh man! All right, whatever. <laughs> like that's what they have before surgery. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm performing the surgery, that is. <laughs> um, but I would love to have him. That'd be great. I think anybody that's like kind of like a heavy smoker probably wouldn't the most fun, but it'd still be great to see anybody that, you know, I'm a huge fan of like Benson, Chappelle, Rogan. I love those guys. It'd be great to have them on. But like Burr and Segura, I would love to have those guys on here just because they don't smoke weed often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and that's the that's the best part, um, you know, like having a guy if you were to have a guy like Tommy Chong on, well, he's not going to differ a whole lot in his yeah. uh, second set. And, you know, I love Cheech and Chong. I grew up on those guys. But it's right. like I said, it's the other guys that you, you want a little bit of a change in the personality when they come out the second time. Right. Because you want to see a little bit of a different set. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. That's why I always try and book medians that don't smoke a whole lot. So you can see that contrast. But I do book a lot of like uh, well-known cannabis comedians just because they're meant for this crowd. <laughs> like those jokes that they have that they're well formulated for uh, cannabis users. So they're just like a good treat. It's like a good little treat next to the the fun train wreck. It's like we're serving cupcakes next to a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> Giving out cupcakes while you watch the uh, car crash. I like that. Um, how about uh, you know? The, the popularity, how, how have you found this is, uh, you, you know, mentioned there are some comedians that circled back and wanted to be on it. Um, you know, cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're legal here in Canada. Uh, there's there's uh, presidential candidates that are saying it'll be legal in the United States if they win. It's coming. Uh, cannabis is um, getting more and more popular. Uh, is sure. this concept, do you find this concept is blowing up as well? Uh, yeah, I think this concept... Like, it's definitely exploded in popularity. I know some, my numbers have grown significantly since I started it. We got about 45,000 followers now on Facebook. Um, and, like, that's where we do have all of our um, events and advertising is on Facebook. So if you want to see more of it, check us out. Facebook, backslash, who smokes, we got me. Um, and the shows are getting more requests. Like, uh, we did one, like, just, like, hemisphere-wide ad to see like who wants to come to their shows or come to their city, sorry, bring the show to their city. And it's everybody wants to hmm. see this. It's just, we can't go everywhere. It's definitely um, sought after people want to see it. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I'm sure comedy clubs are uh, wanting to bring this concept uh, uh, to their, to their uh, stages as well. 
Exactly. As soon as weed gets legalized, like I imagine the show is going to blow up more than it already has. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, that is great. So uh, one more time, uh, when are the dates uh, here in uh, Edmonton? Uh, and then people can uh, keep checking out the Facebook and the website for uh, updated details. But uh, when are the sites here and dates here in Edmonton? So we're coming through Canada, April 18th, or sorry, April 19th and 20th. We'll be in Edmonton the 19th and Vancouver the 20th. Um, and you can just stay focused on the uh, House of Comedy uh, or comic strip uh, websites or my websites. We'll send out updates on the events if anything gets moved. But right now, we're still locked in. Thanks. Awesome, man. Uh, this has been a, a lot of fun. I enjoy hearing some of those stories, and I look forward to, uh, fingers crossed, to uh, coming to the show on April yeah. 19th in Edmonton. I only wish we had a 20th in Edmonton, and we could have 420 in, in Edmonton with you, but we'll settle for for, for, for no, 419. Every day in April, 420. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be everywhere. Uh, Tyler, right. thanks so much for joining me on uh, the show today. Uh, best of luck with the uh, the quarantine and uh, as we get through this. Can't wait to see you in Edmonton. Thanks, Dean. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from the OZ joining me as usual. You can find them at okanaganz.com slash OZ. Get them on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Writer. David, welcome back to the show. Uh, How are you during this bizarre time of self-isolation? Hello, hello. As always, good to talk to you. Uh, You know, I'm pretty decent. Everyone in my household uh, at the moment seems healthy and yet we're uh, we are actually isolating spending some time inside uh, and getting real good at Fortnite. <laughs> awesome uh, the the one thing uh, i spoke to um uh former uh, edmonton oiler rob shrimp yesterday on one of my other podcasts sports and more and he said uh, you know this is giving us family time that we wouldn't have had before so i guess uh, to find a silver lining is important uh during this time and um one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to brighten somebody's day we're giving away uh, a pax era courtesy of plant life really excited about that and we're doing it through our cannabis question of do you name your accessories because i name everything like pretty much every cannabis accessory i own has a name so do you do you name any of your accessories or will you start if you don't I don't give them any specific names. I, I have a crafty and a mighty, and that's generally what I call them. I don't think that I could actually improve on those names. Uh, so now that you mention it, maybe maybe I'll give them some alliterative names in the future, like uh, Mighty Mike and there you go. Crafty Cam. I like it. Alliteration is fun no matter what you are doing. It's, uh, it's one of my uh, favorite things. Uh, one of our listeners said he names uh, his bong, LeBong James. So uh, we're, we're getting some uh, interesting things. Uh, bong Marley was one uh, that uh, it was a bong with several different whips on it and, and they look like dread. So I like the Bong Marley one as well. So uh, keep those uh, for the listeners and viewers. Keep those coming in and uh, you could be eligible for the great prize pack uh, courtesy of Plant Life. Uh, all right, uh, David, let's uh, chat a little bit about uh, uh, a few of the stories and let's start with um, the cannabis industry, um, making it well known that we want to be part of this support package for businesses 
in our country. Um, we don't want any special treatment, but we just want equality when it comes to support from the federal government. A whole bunch of cannabis companies have signed this, uh, this letter that you mentioned. It's, it's signed, uh, and headed over to two high profile ministers. You got the minister of finance, uh, Mr. William Morneau, and the minister of innovation and science and industry, Mr. Navdeep. Spain's, they're going to be on or have been on the receiving end of this letter. And the argument here is that the cannabis industry faces uh, what's being called economic stigmatization. Uh, and basically, they're called, we're, we're all calling on the federal government for immediate aid uh, in the midst of this pandemic. Other businesses have gotten it. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't a request for special treatment, like you said. This is uh, this is just we're asking for help for an industry that that basically added a cumulative total of eight billion dollars to the Canadian GDP over the course of the last year, and uh, these these stimulus measures would help and support an industry um, that's facing tough times, like every other industry right now. Um, we have challenges with employees, uh, we have challenges with keeping a business going, and at the same time, making sure that we're respecting. Um, that there is a sickness going on that we're trying to protect families and workers, and this is this is a place where the the government, uh, you know, we, we're reliant right now on our government to make sure that our economy can continue to move forward, and that once this uh, once this is done, once we're we've moved on with our lives, the people have jobs to go back to, and you know, can our, our cannabis industry has been weathering as the leather as this letter notes a lot of shocks in the past six months. We've seen challenges, including the loss of over 2,000 well-paying jobs in the sector. And uh, we need to make sure that these companies have access to capital uh, and access to credit to make sure that we can weather the storm. It's so important, and uh, I, you know, I'm proud to have my signature uh, as part of the more than 70 uh, different uh, people from around the cannabis industry that also put their names on that letter. Big thanks to John Carl for the Al- from the Alberta Cannabis Council for uh, uh, giving me a heads up because I want that support. And 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 you're right; it's just uh, equal uh, treatment. And you know, here's why, uh, one of the big reasons why I think that the cannabis industry should be involved in that other than the, uh, 8 billion reasons that uh, you had mentioned, but in a lot of places, <laughs> cannabis is being considered, uh, essential and one of the essential needs for people to, to stay open. So, uh, if it's being deemed essential in a lot of places, Shouldn't be a, a, be included in the uh, the stimulus package like that. Just if it's essential in a lot of places, that means it's important to the community. It does, and this means equal and fair access to funding through federal agencies like EDC or BDC. Um, you know, the the BDC basically said that cannabis industries don't qualify for any help at this point in time, which I find to to just be insane. This is a legal industry. And it serves not only recreational customers, but we're talking about medical patients. We're talking about people who need cannabis in order to ease their pain, to increase their appetite. I I mean, we've said it again and again, but it's really important for people to understand. Think about cancer patients, for example. Cancer patients are very much helped by the medical cannabis. It helps them to lead uh, at least a somewhat normal life. 
to, to eat properly, to get the rest that they need, and to even deal with some of the anxieties that come with this kind of an illness. And we want to make sure that the companies who are providing that help to them can continue on. You're right. Cannabis patients rely on the plant, uh, whether it's uh, appetite stimulation, whether it's to help with nausea. Um, you know, it's the effects of chemotherapy is uh, a lot of what, uh, you know, from the cancer patients and, you know, my wife is one twice. Um, uh, my mother was had cancer. So I know what chemotherapy can do to the body and cannabis can really help with, with a lot of that. So there's a lot of people that might, if you, uh, if you get rid of the cannabis industry, will have to go to the black market, which we all know uh, is dangerous. Now, the good thing, David, for a lot of those uh, people that I just talked about is that a lot of cannabis stores are staying open. Uh, we chatted last week about some of them deciding to close. The ones that are opening or that are staying open right now, uh, first of all, they're taking a lot of precautions, but they're seeing a real buzz in sales. They are. There's a there's a large amount of sales that are happening. Um, BDS Analytics, which is specializes in cannabis market and trends reports, they recently held a webinar to present some of the data that they've collected from retail stores throughout Canada and the U.S. And there were some some really interesting trends that they noted. Um, one of them is that flour is just flying off the shelves. Uh, people are stocking up on good old-fashioned bud. They are uh, choosing strains generally that are really high in CBD, and that's not something that we saw initially in legalization. The, the high THC strains um, were the big sellers, and now it seems like people seem to be turning to the high CBD strains um, to deal with some of the anxieties that they're facing in these troubled times. And cannabis retailers across North America are saying that they're determined to keep their doors open. Um, you know, they, they say, we're here to stay, basically, and to the best of their ability, they're going to keep the doors open. That means in some cases, I've heard of, of some chains putting up uh, barriers, almost like you're starting to see in grocery stores, to keep their frontline employees protected. There's a lot of extra sanitization that's happening. Now, the, the BDS is, has noted that the supply chain is strong, so there's not a, a shortage in product as far as cannabis is concerned. But one of, the, one of the stressors that they're facing is that they can't get enough cleaning products, or in some cases, one of the retailers noted that they couldn't get enough coffee. So I'm sure that we can all uh, absolutely understand that need. Um, but basically, going forward... There's a lot of optimism based on the fact that Ontario, for example, has designated cannabis retail and production to be essential. That's following the lead of other jurisdictions that include San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, so that's going to be really important going forward. And it sets the tone as the municipalities across the country really are grappling with those similar questions. And the BDS and a lot of us, of course, are hoping that municipalities, uh, provinces, uh, all the different jurisdictions are going to see the need to uh, to make these uh, essential businesses. Um, as far as other things, I mean, some of the retailers have characterized this time as being as busy or busier than 420. Hmm. And they're starting to experience uh, staffing shortages as this pandemic unfolds. Um, you know, some, some employees uh, may just have a fear of being out and trying to take care of the safety of their families. Some employees are are falling ill. 
um, whether it's COVID or whether it's flu or cold, whatever it is, the precaution is to stay home if you're feeling sick. Um, but so far, uh, retailers are saying that they've been able to cover those gaps by assigning uh, more hours to the remaining staff. So BDS is noting that if uh, if staffing does start to become tighter, that could become a constraint with stores. I have heard of a few that have closed because employees gotten sick and they just don't have the staffing there uh, to keep on going. Yeah, that uh, that is the case uh, in in some uh, stores in this area, and yeah, th- those are the only two things that I think will prevent stores from staying open. Is you know if they don't have enough staff, and and then the other thing on the the production side is uh, you know a lot of the tubs and different things, the packaging comes from China, so mm-hmm. um, the, we have to be a little bit worried about that, uh, depending on how long this goes. I don't think there's an immediate concern, but depending on how long this takes to run its course and, and what is going on in China, uh, that's kind of the the only reason that uh, you would see any of the stores close. And, and I've been in uh, a couple of them um, uh, to uh, pick up a couple of things lately, and uh, they're, they're taking extraordinary precautions. Um, Fire and Flower has gone to uh, pick up uh, the the fast lane basically only so you can only you order online you get there you pay hopefully with tap no cash Um, I've even heard of some stores like closing up the uh, the magnetic strip area so it's only tap that you can use so they are taking extraordinary precautions to keep the customers and particularly the staff safe uh, because you just don't know who is walking through that door and where they've been right now. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see other trends develop too. Ordering ahead is starting to become quite popular. Um, a lot of retailers would really like the option to have delivery. Yes, um, is, that'll keep people in their homes, and I think that that's something that uh, that would be great to see a, a quick acting federal law to allow that across the country, especially as more jurisdictions deem this to be essential. There were some interesting notes, too, about just consumer habits. And BDS is saying that generally people consume in the evening, um, but being locked down inside all day, we're starting to see a little bit more consumption through the day. Um, people are spending a lot more time alone in their homes, and that uh, that does create a bit of an uptick in, uh, in cannabis consumption. And overall, people are feeling anxious about the future. Um, they're alone. They they can't go to the gym or do other things that they might do to relax. So we are seeing uh, an increase in consumption and a, a demand for more product. Um, so what you're seeing at the store level is, yeah, people are buying more flour and they are buying it in larger formats. Well, and th- this is why I think delivery makes sense right now. One of the fastest growing demographics in the cannabis industry is seniors. Like you, you talk to a lot of people at different companies and seniors are starting to really get into cannabis for a, you know, whatever reason, who are the, uh, you know, the, the most impacted and, and for, you know, we, we fear the most for right now with COVID-19 is the senior population. So they're definitely not going to want to go out uh, to get their cannabis. So that's why I think delivery makes such uh, sense right now for that demographic of uh, the the cannabis consumer. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. So hopefully that happens, uh, like you said, across the country. And uh, while the, uh, the the cannabis 
uh, industry, uh, as we mentioned, um, you know, especially some retail stores, are, um, you know, creating a lot of sales right now. They're also giving back to uh, frontline workers. Uh, the, the medical staff are facing the worst of the worst of this virus on a daily basis. And the cannabis industry has a lot of the safety gear, you might call it, and they're giving it to frontline workers right now, a few different companies, aren't they? And we're so happy to see that. That, that kind of generosity is, is really needed right now. A lot of us in our everyday lives, we've seen runs on things that we need every day. Toilet paper went real fast for some reason or other. Uh, hand sanitizer, canned goods. You know, my neck of the woods, one couple even went so far as to buy out the entire meat section at a local grocery oh store goodness. done for others. So that kind of selfishness and hoarding right now is unfortunately a fact of life. And from, from my point of view, the run on face masks has been one of the most distressing developments that I've seen. It's leaving our frontline healthcare workers, those people who are, who are treating your grandma, your grandpa, you know, young people who are, are in ICU um, because of COVID, they're lacking protection because there's just, unfortunately, there's not enough uh, personal protective gear to go around. So, you know, enter the heroes that the cannabis industry really needs right now. And drawing from their own supply, we've seen several major cannabis producers, including Canopy Growth uh, and Hexo. They're providing hospitals with personal protective equipment, and including face masks, gloves, and bodysuits. Um, from whatever they have in their surplus supply. So basically, this is the same kind of equipment that these licensed producers need to don um, when they're going into growing rooms to ensure a sterile environment and prevent contamination. And uh, at the moment, some of them have a little bit of extra uh, at a point where we're actually seeing some hospitals, if you can believe it, reusing protective gear hmm. uh, because they just don't have it. That's not an ideal situation. Uh, we we talked a, a little while ago about canopy growth closing. Uh, it's two massive greenhouses in D.C. And perhaps a silver lining to that shutdown is that the, the companies noted that they've been able to donate thousands of gloves and Tyvek suits and masks Good from stuff. those facilities to the frontline healthcare workers who need it. Uh, Hexo says it's donated about 150 N95 face masks to paramedic services in Quebec. Uh, and BNN Bloomberg uh, says that in its reporting, it's heard from other cannabis producers that are in the process of do donating these supplies to. Unfortunately, it's not across the board. Um, cannabis companies do also need this gear. And like we talked about a little bit earlier, these are essential services. Uh, so some companies like Aurora, Organogram, Tilray, um, they just don't have the stock to donate. Um, but we're seeing other businesses, other companies now, too, that are starting to uh, mass produce masks and protective equipment. Um, Bauer, for example, is, is getting into the game, uh, and they're starting to create some PPE. And other companies, too, like Tesla and, uh, and Apple, are manufacturing and donating uh, some equipment that they have uh, surplus on. Well, and that's the, the the great thing that you can find uh, during this. I mean, I mean, you can go on and see the people on the beach that are ignoring this or having coronavirus parties and and just being ridiculous people, um, or the people that uh, think this is a made up uh, event. Uh, so you can you can find all that if you want. 
but you can also find the stories of, of people giving back and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Broadway seamstresses that are out of work right now that are saying, we'll make whatever, we'll sew whatever equipment, we'll go, we'll do this. And uh, the companies that have 3D printers uh, pitching in and, and the cannabis industry uh, is no different. Um, we all want to be friendly in the cannabis industry in general, and uh, I'm not surprised that uh, certain companies have pitched in to try to help out. And and that, like I said, is the one thing that you can find during this that, that at least maybe can put a smile on your face or make you be proud that you're in this industry. Absolutely. And to circle back to what we first talked about, you know, these businesses are essential and these businesses do deserve and do need federal aid in order to continue to do the good work that they're doing. Well said, David. Uh, thanks as always uh, for joining me. Um, I look forward to hearing more names of your accessories uh, in the future. And uh, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, uh, stay well and stay healthy to you and your family. Thanks as always, David. Thank you. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, just want to let you know that uh, we are uh, continuing with our 420 followers contest on Instagram. We did this on Twitter, um, awarded a big prize package. So once we get to 420 Instagram followers, we will be giving away another prize pack and you can follow us on Instagram at the cannabis one one podcast. Everybody that follows us when we get to 420 will be eligible for this prize pack. We're also going to be doing something during April in regards to our website. We're going to have a big giveaway at the end of April. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll release details as we get closer to the end of the month. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. <laughs> All right, uh, my good friend Chris Ionson uh, joining me from uh, not in studio uh, this time because we are being uh, smart about things, so he joins us uh, from his casa. Chris, welcome to What's That Strain in the Cannabis 101 podcast as usual. Thanks very much for doing this as we're doing our part for social distancing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, th thanks for having me again, Dean. It's uh, it's great to be here. This is uh, going to be interesting. My first uh, Skype uh podcast here but uh yeah let's uh, let's do it all righty we are doing something called island honey today and uh it is a sativa uh from uh pure sun farms uh, so tell us a little bit about pure sun farms and then we'll get into a little bit more for about island honey which is a pretty heavy heavy sativa yeah, for sure. Uh, so Pure Sun Farms, um, they're a pretty new LP uh, to the Alberta uh, rec market, but they have been in, in BC and Ontario for a little bit. Uh, they first launched uh, onto the scene in uh, September of 2019, and uh, and they just 
took over. Uh, ended up doing uh, huge, huge sales in Ontario. Uh, they were actually the top selling brand uh, in the Ontario uh, province of Ontario for dollars sold hmm. and kilograms uh, sold as well. So uh, real pumped. I guess have them in, on, in, in Alberta. Um, got a chance to meet some of their, their people uh, over um, at the Canadian Cannabis Awards. Great crew of people. Uh, and then to finally get to to smoke their stuff and and have it in store has been really nice. So yeah, that's the uh, yeah that's the cool thing, isn't it, Chris? Is that uh, you know you you meet a lot of people, you hear about a lot of these really cool strains, and then when you get to to enjoy, you know a little bit about you know how much work has maybe gone into what they're doing, and and you know the the is it going to live up to the hype? And and most times it does. So I, I think that's the cool thing about you know that's the way I felt about uh, the Green Organic Dutchman when it finally. Uh, came into the market. I had heard so much about it, and then uh, it was really, really tasty as well. So um, yeah. t- t- there, there's a connection with a vegetable farm and uh, cannabis when it comes to Pure Sun Farms, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's a, it's a really cool story. So uh, Pure Sun Farms is, is a 50-50 joint venture uh, between uh, Village Farms International um, and they're, they're vegetables. They, they've been growing vegetables for, uh, for 15, uh, 25 years actually. Um, and they've got all these big greenhouses, uh, and they partnered up with Emerald health therapeutics, uh, and they've been a medicinal, uh, and, and now currently a recreational, uh, licensed producer, uh, here in Canada as well. So, uh, partnered up vegetables and, and cannabis, um, gives you pure sun farms. I yeah, like it. Cool. It, it, and it's uh, they they seem to go hand in hand. I'm I've yet to dip my toes in growing, but um, you know people that I've talked to and you, you yourself have grown. Um, you know tomatoes and cannabis are are fairly similar from what they say when as when it comes to growing. Yeah, they are for sure. Um, definitely. Uh, actually, one of one of my friends he's uh, he's growing uh, some cannabis plants in his tent, and he's got some some vegetables going next to them as well. It's. It, uh, it all works together. That's pretty cool. For sure. Uh, I was just going to mention, um, when it comes to uh, Pure Sun Farms, uh, you mentioned they're very, very popular uh, in Ontario, but they're also um, uh, one of the biggest uh, pro- single producers out there. Yeah, that's right, Dean. Uh, yeah, they uh, have the, they're one of the lar- Canada's largest single site licensed producers of greenhouse grown cannabis. So uh, on their, their one gigantic facility and, and we, yeah, we, we should just talk about it right now. It's uh, it's 1.1 million square feet wow. uh, of best in class greenhouse operations. Um, and the company produces 75,000 kilograms uh, a year at this facility. Uh, and they're currently in the process of expanding. They're uh, looking to double uh, they're building another 1.1 million square foot facility to double it up and and hit 150,000 kilograms uh, of dried flour a year. Wow, it's huge! That's yeah. that's massive. And you know, I guess when you have more than a quarter of a century of growing experience, you can do that much because you you know you have experts in certain different areas of of oh, how yeah. to grow maybe or or the process, but. When you have that much experience, you might as well use it as much as you can. And it sounds like they are and probably plan to do even more expansion in the future. Yeah, that's right. Uh, worth talking about, too. Um, so there's there's a greenhouse facility that's currently owned and operated by Village Farms. Um, 
that Village Farms has said, uh, hey, if you guys, if you need it to pure sun farms, it, it's it's an option. So let's say uh, legalization cannabis takes off, pure sun farm needs to expand even more. Uh, there's an additional 2.6 million square feet uh, of growing facility um, at, at their, uh, you know, it's within reach if they need it, which uh, is pretty cool. Oh, man. So they can... Uh, expand even more uh, if they want to and uh, we're doing uh island honey today but they have a really solid eight strain lineup you know i i just thought of it it's you, you have a strain for every member of your slow pitch team and then one person sober to drive everybody home so you you could be like the sun farm slow pitch team and everybody represents a different strain i mean this lineup of strains that they have is pretty solid uh, yeah, it is. It is for sure, Dean. I like that uh, ball team reference. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's get into the eight. Uh, Island Honey, uh, Sativa, uh, definitely uh, one of my favorites. I've tried it out. It's super tasty and smooth, and we'll, we'll get into it in a bit. Uh, they've got a Critical Cali Mist. They've got a Purple Sun God, uh, Afghan Kush, White Rhino, uh, Hash Plant. Uh, there's a Pure Sun CBD, and they have a headband as well. Um out of those strains, I've tried the Island Honey, the White Rhino, and the Afghan Kush. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only ones that, that we've seen in Alberta so far. Um, all are good. All were great. Uh, very good price point. Um, the White Rhino was super good. It was covered in trichomes. Gave me a real nice indica buzz. Um, yeah, highly recommended stuff. If you guys have, if you haven't tried any pure sunflowers, uh, give it a shot. Uh, you know, the, the, the one gram options are coming at a great price point and and it's it's worth checking out i uh i'm really looking forward to uh diving into a few of other their strains that are here and and like uh we talked about uh the the experience that they have uh these guys have been they have like years and years of data right like you know you when you have 25 years of growing experience combined they've been collecting data for a long time yeah, yeah, this is really cool to see. Uh, so, yeah, the team at Pure Sun Farms, they've been collecting uh, detailed sunlight and environmental uh, information at their greenhouse facility for, for more than a decade. Um, and it gives them an incredible depth of, of data to use to adjust their cultivation process uh, on a plant-by-plant basis. So uh, 10 years of, of collecting this this information, like, uh, it's it's. Big, big shout outs to, to those guys out there, man. Like they, they know what they're doing. Uh, they started in vegetables, uh, transferred into cannabis. Uh, it's awesome. That's, it's great. That's life. That's BC. Yeah. I, I, I love the, the vegetable, uh, collect, uh, connection, uh, for sure. And, um, when we talk about the, the history of Island honey, the lineage specifically, uh, we know a lot about one parent and not a lot about another. Yeah, for sure. So um, the uh, the genetics of Island Honey is uh, early pearl, uh, which is kind of a, a rare sativa. It's got unknown genetics to the uh, the seed bank that created it wouldn't share. So, uh, but it, we do know that it's definitely on the sativa side of things. Uh, and so it's early pearl crossed with uh, with Jacarere, uh, which we are familiar with. That's a legendary sativa. Uh, we've talked about uh, Jack the Emperor of Hemp on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the genetics of Jack Herrera is, is, you know, it's haze, it's Northern Lights number five, uh, and, and a Shiva skunk, all, all three-way crossed. Um, 
this legendary uh, Satiba award-winning. Uh, they even got the, the Jack Herrera Cup uh, every year in, Ve- in Vegas. Uh, the guy is a legend. That is so cool. I just, uh, you know, and, and, and well-deserved, right? Like, this is a man who crusaded and contributed a lot uh, to to cannabis and, and is one of the big reasons why we know so much about cannabis and are allowed to smoke and, and ingest and, and consume cannabis right now. So uh, he should have a strain named after him. Yeah, I agree. He was a, he was a big-time activist uh, to help us get to where we are today, for sure. All right, the website, uh, puresunfarms.com. Uh, I like it. I, I find the information is, uh, they have good information. Uh, it's a real sharp, uh, sharp website. Yeah, I like it. Uh, user-friendly, too. Um, I like the, the artwork and, uh, yeah, like, like, like you had said, there, there's good, good information. It was like everything you kind of needed was there presented to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty dope. There's something that's, uh, really cool. Uh, well, obviously, you know, when you click on one of their eight strains, it gives you a lot of information, including the terpene profile, which is really appreciated, uh, for people that want to, um, you know, have a specific terpene or, you know, cannabinoid in, in their, uh, in their cannabis, but, Something neat happens on this website uh, if you just sit back and wait. <laughs> yeah, totally. The stickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I like yeah, that. Um, uh, it's just it's just something that uh, if you if you're I think if you're inactive for like I don't know what is it 10 15 seconds or something like that then uh, all of a sudden these uh, stickers pop up to kind of just remind you that hey you're uh, you're still on our website. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the first time that, uh, that, that happened to me, I was, um, it was like right over some information that I was like <laughs> trying to read and I'm like, what, what the heck? And I, I go to move the mouse and it disappeared. And it's kind of like they're, they're playing a trick on us. Yeah. It's good stuff. So anyways, pure sun uh, sharp website, uh, good stuff. Uh, the, uh, THC on this one gram package that I picked up is 15.3%. Uh, so that's, um, uh, that's, uh, kind of second level uh would you say yeah i i would say yeah i would uh not not for a beginner like if someone just brand new to cannabis uh don't jump into this one first like uh i mean i mean you can but i i wouldn't recommend it you know like yeah i wouldn't yeah. i would uh you know highly think, not you uh, know and, and it is a, as we mentioned a pretty heavy sativa uh for somebody uh, maybe using cannabis for the first time, a heavy sativa could bring on some paranoia. You know, a heavy sativa can bring on some paranoia for some experienced cannabis users as well. So this is definitely for it, yeah. for somebody that's um, you know not new to cannabis but ready to take a step up and and has experienced uh, some of the highs with cannabis and and you know kind of knows what to expect a little bit. This would be a good stepping stone strain, I would think. Yeah, well said, Dean. I like that. All right. Um, the name. Uh, when we talk about what's in a name, uh, this one seems like it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's uh, definitely. So So this stream was created on, on Vancouver Island, uh, by the way, the Kootenays. Uh, and so there's your island. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the honey. Uh, for me, it's it's got to do with this, the smell of it. It's like uh, if you smell this 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 bud it uh it really does smell like sweet sweet honey uh so you know where it's from what it smells like island honey there you go easy peasy um yeah. the look uh we're looking at it right now uh if you're watching on uh social media youtube the weed tube 
Uh, we appreciate it. You can, uh, by the way, find out more episodes at uh, www.cannabis101podcast.ca. Uh, but it comes in a, a one gram pouch, so it's not, uh, you know, overpackaged. Uh, and you can see if you're watching, there's the little flap on it that when you're picking these up, that's what you use to open it, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, definitely. Uh, otherwise, you're going to wreck your bag, uh, which I've done. I've yeah. done so many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we're, we're talking about with their with their packaging, Dean. Uh, so right now, uh, we've got one grams, three and a half grams. Uh, I did see um, seven grams uh, available to order for this this coming week. Um, but on their website now, they're advertising ounce bags, so twenty eight gram bags that we're going to see oh. at this very competitive Pure Sun Farms pricing. Um, as an Alberta retailer, uh, gimme, 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 gimme. Like, uh, we will, we will sell the crap out of those. So, uh, hopefully we do start to see them soon. Uh, they're in BC right now, strictly in BC, but hopefully, uh, they get some up to Alberta. Well, and, and that's, uh, w we've seen one, uh, one ounce, uh, pouch come out already. So would this be the second one then? Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of 15 gram containers and okay. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that a little over a half, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, so far, just just the one ounce bag from original stash. And uh, I know, uh, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of the LPs are, are working on getting getting that going because they've kind of seen the success and, mm -hmm. and the demand for it. Uh, but uh, Pure Sun Farms is going to be doing that uh, here soon. So if you're in BC, go out and get a big oz uh but here in alberta hopefully we'll, we'll get them soon all right uh, as far as the look of the the buds um uh, you know i'm looking at it and i see some uh bright green two tones of green the darker but there's a, the the brightest it really stands out for me it's really beautiful when you can have the two distinct uh, colors of green yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's nicely, nicely trimmed stuff too. And it, mm -hmm. when I got it, uh, I thought it just looked really nice. Uh, uh, I, I got a, a three and a half of it, and I had you know three good sized buds and you know a couple of little guys. But um, yeah, I feel like they do a, a good trim job over there and uh, decent trichome coverage. Uh, uh, it's not necessarily you know everything you look for, but uh, you know it's uh, it's not caked in in trichomes, but. Um, it, it looks great to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan of how it looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I love that uh, the the color scheme with it, and you know, light orange pistols. They don't uh, they're not bursting with it, but you can see them. Uh, you know, as I look at the screen a little bit on the uh, more on the left there, but uh, re really good trim job as you mentioned. Um, terpene profile. What are we looking at with this one? Yeah, so uh, the top three terpenes uh, with Island Honey are, are myrcene. Uh, linalool and humulene. Um, Caryophyllene's in there too. Uh, it's it's the fourth one too. But we'll you know we'll just get into the the top three. Mm -hmm. uh, so with with that um, the mercine's going to kind of give it that that honey. It's going to provide uh, a little bit of that honey too. Uh, is what what I had listed here uh, as well as like a le lemon curd kind of a flavor, and mm. that's the humulene as well. Um, so it's definitely, uh, uh, an interesting kind of the flavor profile and even the smell it's, it's like sweet and, um, like honey, right? So it's, it's an interesting strain for sure. Yeah. And, and we talk about, um, you know, myrcene often gets described as a couch lock terpene, but here it is one of the most prominent terpene profiles 
in a, a real pure sativa. So, um, you know, it, how uh, cannabis affects one person is different than the other. And uh, maybe I'll get you to just run through the entourage effect, which uh, terpenes play a large part in. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with cannabis, uh, you know, a lot of people come into stores and say, like, I, it's, I need high, high, high THC. That's It's got to be uh, above 25 or I won't even get high. Um, with that, though, I mean, there's there's some stuff. You can smoke some 12% THC and just it'll get you just rocked. Yep. Um, with that, so uh, we have the THC content within our cannabis. We have the CBD content. Uh, and then we have the terpene content. And um, all three of those factored in together are going to give you that that desired effect, that, that entourage effect. Um, and uh, with terpenes, I don't know, just for maybe some new listeners, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's talk about terpenes. They're the aromatic oils that secrete out of the cannabis glands, and they make your bud uh, smell and, and taste a certain way. Um, and there, there has been known to have some, some effects will, will be involved with that too. And, um, with that, everyone's different with those effects. So you can't say, um, you know, strains of he- heavy and mercine are going to put everyone in the couch. Cause, uh, just like here, it, it's not, um, there's a lot of sativas that will have mercine in it. So it's not a, uh, there's a lot of generalizations with terpenes. Uh, and I do feel like, uh, the combination of certain terpenes together, uh, mixing together are going to give uh, you know a different effect than the terpene on its own. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well said, uh, and I appreciate the explanation of uh, the terpenes as well. So uh, when we talk about all these terpenes and we've talked about the THC, let's chat about the desired effect. We should point out for new listeners and viewers that uh, uh, cannabis uh, does affect everybody a little bit differently. Uh, but what is the uh, desired effect uh, generally and, and from your experience with this? Yeah, so uh, when, I ha- when I had mine, uh, I definitely noticed like euphoric blasts uh, to, to the head and to the body. Um, it was very smile inducing, puts me in a good mood. It's good mood, bud. Uh, um, also found there was like a, a long lasting body buzz too, which uh, is kind of a treat with the sativa because I still felt, you know, upbeat, uh, had some good energy. Um, they also found it to be, uh, you know, a, a good focused high, uh, pretty sure I did some graphic work with my Island honey, nice. uh, some, some cleaning too, uh, and, and got right in the zone. So, um, yeah, it's really, really nice, uh, nice sativa dominant high. Awesome. The three W's now, uh, what, when, and who is this good for? Yeah. Uh, so what it's good for, uh, Board game nights with pals, uh, late afternoon uh, smoke uh, on, on a day off, uh, cleaning the house, fun conversations. Um, I think really like being social, like uh, with your pals. Uh, <laughs> obviously not not at the moment, but uh, you know yeah. when we get back to get back to to normal things. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could do it this way. Like, uh, you know, you can get together with your pals, have a, a Skype yeah. uh, strain session, right? Like, um, you know, that, that's exactly what you can, everybody picks up the same strain and you all get together. And it, because we should not be sharing joints, we should not be sharing bongs. We should not be, uh, so. and cannabis is a very social culture, but that is the the part of that culture that we have to just put aside. So we have to have our sessions uh, through Skype or whatever else uh, we have now, FaceTime, things like that, right? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah, it's, we gotta we gotta change and adapt. I uh, 
I've never had so many like, you know, lone sessions uh, <laughs> by myself. I, uh, I miss uh, getting high with my peeps, having a little a dub or two, you know, after after a long day. But, yeah, uh, no doubt. It's what we got to do for now. Uh, you know what? We we'll, we will persevere. We will we will get through this. Everyone does just need to uh, do do what we can. You know. For sure. All right. So uh, we know what, when, and who it's good for. Good social strain, board games, wake and bake, uh, daytime. Uh, you you probably want to cap this uh, mid, like eight, nine o'clock uh, before. Uh, so you want to be able to get a good sleep. Um, yeah. And level two intermediate uh, smokers. So it's a good stepping stone, step up strain. Uh, I'm going to fire this up. Uh, tell me about the uh, taste Sweet. test. Uh, what are you getting? Uh, when you smoke this, uh, what are the dominant, uh, flavors that you're, uh, that you're going through? For sure. So, uh, like the name suggests, uh, it is, it is honey flavor. Um, I found there to be some citrus zest when I was smoking it. Uh, but ultimately it's, it's sweet and it's smooth. Mm. Um, it goes down nice. Uh, it's easy on the throat. Um, yeah, it's just well done, bud. I would, uh, wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. the honey mm-hmm. is so distinct yeah like it just it's, it's like uh that's i don't know if that uh helps with the smoothness of you you know you think honey you put honey in your tea and things like that yeah um yeah but uh you can definitely get that uh some bursts of citrus and and there might not be a lot of caryophylline but there is a hint of spice at the end I find uh, mm-hmm. you get that on the exhale. I find that a lot uh, with uh, karyophylline is that I, I get it kind of like this little hint on the way out, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah, in the uh, in the exhale there. Um, uh, you pointed that out a couple episodes, and then it, 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 as soon as you said that, now I, I notice it more and more yeah. now that it's been said and it's out there. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, sweet and smooth, uh, definitely, uh, from Island Honey. Uh, a sativa, a uh, heavy sativa from Pure Sun Farms out of uh, Delta, BC. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, all right, let's wrap this up uh, quickly, Chris, with uh, mm. just chatting about some of the precautions you guys are taking uh, on uh, Jasper Ave at Nova Cannabis. When it comes to uh, the the pandemic and COVID-19, um, you know, just so people are, are looking at, you guys are still open, but you're taking every precaution right now to make sure people, customers and staff are safe. Yeah, that's right, Dean. Um, we definitely are. This is uh, top of mind. We've uh, reduced our hours, um, and we are are definitely um, uh, monitoring uh, what, what's going on with the government and with with Health Canada. And uh, as of right now, uh, we're okay to be open. So we've uh, really shifted a lot of the business. Uh, we've got hands-free menus now. Uh, we're disinfecting all the time, uh, washing hands all the time. Um, We've uh, we're still accepting cash uh, currently, but we do prefer uh, debit transactions just to kind of limit, uh, you know, the contact with uh, with cash. And and should any any of my staff uh, do take a cash transaction, it's uh, an immediate hand wash right mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, I I've never washed my hands more. Um, there's uh, there's other options too. A lot of cannabis stores, uh, us included, uh, you know, you're available to, to to do like leafly pickup where you can. Uh, can place an order from home uh so that the order gets gets ready to go and and, and so that you, you're in the store for a smaller amount of time mm-hmm. um we're trying to you know limit uh limit any kind of interactions uh, we've also got sides up 
requesting that people uh, uh, keep that uh, six foot, uh, two meter kind of distance in between each other. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been wild. Um, and, uh, you know, like, as we said earlier, like we'll, we'll get through this here. Everyone's got to do their part. And, uh, uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing all that we can at, at Nova. Uh, like I said, making sure that we, uh, take all the proper steps and, uh, yeah. It's been interesting. Yeah, we, we have to. Um, you know, every time, everywhere I go, uh, whether it's uh, to the cannabis store or to grocery store, I use tap, um, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys are, you know, disinfecting uh, all the, 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 the tab, uh, the pay tabs and when people do use the buttons. But it's so easy. Just go in, tap, put your license down on the counter so that you guys can check it and nobody has to have any kind of physical interaction. It's easy to do. Uh, there, there are things to do and uh, we just all have to be patient and work together right now. Yeah, yeah, you said it, man. Uh, yeah, and, and disinfect. I mean, the, the hand sanitizer I uh, this morning at the drive-through and you know, I had a glove, I put a glove on to handle the, the machine and mm-hmm. I, I had a little like pen cap. I was, you know, I, I'm trying to avoid things, but then as I handed it back to her, I, I took my glove off with, with my clean hand, uh, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm about to, you know, I've got my food here. So I, I've got my disinfect, uh, my, my hand sanding in the car. Um, just, it's important to be mindful of that. Like don't, you know, uh, any, anytime you're going to be touching your face or any, any kind of food or anything, you're going to be, uh, anything that's getting close to you, just make sure your hands are clean and, and give them a good wash. Good stuff, Chris. Uh, this has been uh, interesting, but uh, the way it is today uh, in these times. But uh, we did Island Honey uh, Sativa from Pure Sun Farms. You can find out more information about them at www.puresunfarms.com. And now in the Alberta Rec Market. Chris, as always, thanks very much for joining me. We'll uh, chat next week. Sounds good, Dean. Thanks for having me. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Big thanks to uh, Chris Ionson for uh, doing the uh, Skype interview and uh, and and Tyler. We are working on the uh, lip sync. Uh, I'm not the uh, smartest guy technically, so it does take me a little bit longer to figure these things out. So please Bear with us if you are uh, watching. Um, Also want to tell you about what's your strain. And that's something that Chris and I want to do when we can get back to uh, hanging around humans again. Uh, But it's simple. You suggest a strain you would like us to review. uh, And if we can do it, we'll pick it. We'll invite you into the studio with us when we record so you can ask your own questions. And... Courtesy of the Cannabis 101 podcast, I'm going to give you a $100 shopping spree. I'm going to get my good friend Chris to help you out as a uh, personal shopper. So that's what's your strength. All you have to do is email us, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what strain you would like us to review. And if we pick yours, you are in luck. Again, we'll be doing that once we can get back and uh, chatting with uh, 
different people. And uh, you may be listening to this or you may be watching this. Uh, we are on YouTube and we are on the Weed Tube and we are streaming this show from time to time on our social media networks. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, if you uh, have just joined us on one of those streams, you can check out full episodes at Cannabis 101 Podcast dot ca and that is uh pretty much gonna wrap things up for the program today i hope you enjoyed it thanks to tyler smith from the dope show as well of course uh for, to david wiley from the oz okanaganz.com slash oz for this week in cannabis news and chris ianson our educator and the manager of Nova Cannabis on Jasper Avenue. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave us a review. Really, really helps. And please subscribe, especially if you're watching on YouTube or the WeTube. Please subscribe to our channel and you get everything we put out as soon as we put it out there. And leaving us a review certainly helps to make this show a whole lot better. If you'd like to be a part of the program, as a guest or an advertiser, please email me at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That'll wrap things up for another week. Thank you very much. Uh, we do have some fun things on the way, uh, particularly now we have the uh, video sorted out for the most part. So keep it locked on cannabis101podcast.ca for all uh, your cannabis education and entertainment needs. Thanks so much for joining me, everybody, and uh, please have a uh, safe and fun week if you can. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy.